You're listening to the Hardcore Honeys Podcast, starring your hosts, the snarky, the sassy, and the pretty Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson, the all-knowing, the all-wise Shay Vassar, and the man in the middle, Mr. TJ. And here's the show. Hey, honeys. Hey, hunks. We got more NBA stuff coming at you today in with Hardcore Honeys. Jade, has this week been the busiest week of news so far? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was even busier than parts of the actual season for, like, stuff happening and signings and news and, like, there's just a lot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Shay, when the season ended with this whole bubble situation, did you think this news would be coming around so fast or did you think there would be a little bit more of a low? I definitely thought there was going to be more of a low, probably until the draft. That's kind of when I was waiting for things, because then we would know a little bit more. Free agency stuff would be, you know, in the conversation a little bit more. But yeah, no, it's like every time I get on my phone, Bleacher Report is like, hey, check this out. Or every time I'm on Twitter, I see another thing. So I'm just like, you know what? I can't complain. That is perfect to hear. This week's episode, we're going to hit some things about the Indy Pacers situation with some Depot rumors and the chain reaction that's going to possibly come from it. We got Daryl Morey, who was the GM or president of the Rockets, now is in Philly. And he's a man of known of moving a lot of players, and they got a lot of players there in Philly to move. So we're going to touch on that. And LeBron, of course, always has to say something on something. Had some quotes about the beginning of the new season. We're going to go through that. And then also for the Raptors, Jade, we're going to be swinging that one to you at the end there, about relocating temporarily due to COVID. See what happens there. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. So start off. Shay, Depot wants out. Who could be the best suitors for him? The thing about Depot is, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm curious who would want to build a team around him. Not in the way because, like, he's, like, a bad guy to build a team around. It's just he, to me, still has to prove a little bit of himself with some of the people who have come out of of his time kind of injured less playing even in the bubble you know we had some really nice performances from rookies who might not be staying at their current teams so I'm curious if Depot would be a nice fit for someone like as you mentioned Philadelphia who is needing to make changes we've talked about making changes with this possible new administration going on in Philly could they bring in someone like Oladipo the thing I like about Victor Oladipo is that he's calm cool and collected and in some ways I think of him uh kind of like Donovan Mitchell and their demeanor you know where they're they're good players they're dedicated players but they're not 
quite the fiery chances that you might take with like a Kevin Durant or, uh, you know, a Paul George. They're also more consistent. There are players that have a consistency who might not have quite the the breakout that, again, Paul George, like he's set certain records or had like these amazing games, but then he also has games that like were confused how he's even in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really had that with Oladipo. Like I never look at him and I'm like, why is this guy playing in the NBA? So I could see him going to a place and kind of finding a home and really, really growing. Philadelphia definitely could be one. I mean, depending on what the Rockets do, he is the size if they decided to stay small. I don't know if that would quite work. Um, But I do think he needs a home because I I think that's what the Pacers were supposed to be. And he just did not quite get the chance to, to build there, I think, the way that he deserves. You know, he's not getting old too fast, so he's got time. Idea. Miami, would that be a spot, Shay? Possibly, um, because again, he has kind of that that low key demeanor that other people on Miami do not have. <laughs> <laughs> and with some of their younger players, like Tyler Hero, I could see him becoming more of a personality. Oladipo is there to play basketball and be Oladipo, and I like that about him. My hope is just that he wouldn't get lost at, say, a big team like Miami. Jade, so Indy's got a new coach. Oladipo wants out. Is this the beginning of a Pacers rebuild? I don't really know that it is. If I'm being honest, I think it's kind of a mistake for Depot to get out now that they have made changes. Mm. I think if I was him, I would try and stick it out. So I imagine this must be the last year on his contract. I think with them making the moves that they did with the coaching staff, I think it would be smarter for him to let his contract run out that last year and see what happens. I will just say to your other question, I could see him in Toronto if if Fred VanVleet doesn't resign because he has played point guard and the Raptors start with, you know, Kyle Lowry and Freddie mm-hmm. in the backcourt this season. So... I could see Depot being a fit there. Are they going to rebuild? I think if Depot does leave, Indiana kind of has to rebuild because who's left to build a team around if Depot's not there? Like, they have solid pieces, but I don't think you have one focal point left over if Depot leaves for you to really build something on. Speaking of those other players on it. So you have Sabonis, who is just uh, um, coming off of an all-star season. Turner is, I would say, a two-way big man because he's one of the league leaders in shot blocking, but he also can step out, take the jump shot. Then you have Brogdon, who's probably one of the most well-rounded players in the league. Doesn't do anything flashy, but does a little bit of everything from the point guard position. So, Jade, are they on the trade block then, too? Or are they going to try to build around those pieces that they already have and try to get something big from Depot? It is a solid group. I think it would depend on if anybody is interested in Indiana in free agency. Any of those kind of big names. Because I think if you can land one of those guys and ship Depot out, 
you can just kind of pick up where you left off this season, I think, with with the right free agent piece. Like you said, that is a solid starting lineup. Like, again, Indiana's never going to be a flashy team. That's just not really their style. But those are all dudes that get work done, and they're consistent at it. So that's the big question mark for Indiana right now before you can decide, do you need to ship everybody out? I think if you can't get a free agent piece to be the centerpiece for the team and Oladipo leads, I I still think that kind of leaves those those guys in a bit of a no man's land situation where they're going to be good, but they're going to be either a bottom of the playoff bracket or just out of the playoffs. And that's a hard spot to be in because you're not getting lottery picks. And you're maybe not attracting any free agents because you're just not quite there. And I would I would hate to see those guys end up in that situation. So I think until free agency has kind of settled, Indiana's going to have a hard time determining a course of action. Shay, I'm going to swing it over to you. If they trade Depot, do they keep those three pieces and then try to build around that? Well, while... Jade was talking, I thought back to what you said about Miami. I think it would depend also on who they get from Miami. I mean, is this going to be another one of those Paul George trades where they get like four guys for Oladipo? I don't know. Or, you know, a couple of picks in Oladipo. I think that that really brings into question because there are some solid pieces on Miami, but they work so well together as a team, which is what we, you know, stated even with the finals was the difference between the Lakers and the heat is the heat was a team playing while the Lakers were just some, some good pieces that were playing more individually. So it would be interesting to see if, if they did bring in someone who has experience bringing a certain team aspect to Indiana, if they could become, you know, a, just a super team oriented, because if that were the case, like you said, you have you have the pieces. You just need that team atmosphere, that teamwork to really come in. Because, yeah, they're not a flashy team. They're never going to be like a Lakers. Uh, even what it seems like Philly is trying to be is kind of like that flashy, like, you know, we got a lot of good players who can go out there and play ISO and win. I think a team like Indiana really needs to come together in the way that we saw some of the, like, ragamuffin Miami come together. And I think that that could really work for them. So I think it really depends on who they would get for Oladipo. But I personally don't think I would let those guys go. On the topic of players moving around. So I'm going to swing it over to Daryl Morey, who is now the new president of the Sixers, who was the president of the Rockets. And just a little side note, for his tenure there, he had the most traded players from I think he started early 2010s to now I think he had 77 players or something like that holy crap it was a lot yeah so he's not afraid to move things so now he's in Philly he's got more than enough players that can be traded and things um Shay are you are we going to be seeing a lot of movement in general from the 76ers Dear God, I hope so. Sorry, I didn't even let you finish the question because I'm like, move, move them around. Like, honestly, if they had done even the Maury shift prior to 
a new coach, that would have made more sense because Maury probably would have been saying the same thing we are. But again, it's like, who who are they going to give up? Because Embiid brings a certain, like, name recognition. I just, like, I don't know. Like, their team, just to me, is so annoying. And, like, it makes sense that Maury would go there because the, he might make some of the changes that other officials, front office people, whatever you want to call them, who have been there uh, might be afraid to make. Because, like, Maury's not going to be afraid to change. That's probably why they brought him in. I did kind of find it surprising, though, that, you know, they did shift him, or they encouraged him, right, to leave Houston after his uh, Hong Kong comments. And I was surprised that he went to another front office. That, to me, was kind of surprising, like, in such a, a high regard, because uh, there was a lot of loss this year from the NBA with, uh, them not showing games in China, all of that jazz, you know, that's a whole issue. So, wow, tell us how you really feel with that water cup. Um, it was a glass of Arnold Palmer lemonade or okay. tea. Give me a break. Well, you know, same difference. Anyway, that's my Maury thoughts. So, I'm going to swing a question to you, Jade. Who should they trade first? <laughs> Jeez. Okay, if it was me, it's Embiid and it's not close. Elaborate, please. I think that, first of all, Ben Simmons still has a higher ceiling because he is still not shooting jump shots. If somebody can get Ben Simmons through his yips and get him shooting jump shots, the sky is the freaking limit for that guy. So that's number one. Number two is Ben Simmons does not bring drama with him wherever he goes. Oh, yeah. And Embiid does and always will. And, like, fine, that's a valid choice if Embiid wants to be that way. But if I'm, if I'm management of a basketball team, unless he is, like, just absolutely dominating – on the court, that level of drama is not okay with me. And, like, if you're going to be that loud and that obnoxious all the time, you can't be held to zero points by 35-year-old Marc Gasol. Zero points. Marc Gasol's 35 years old, coming off of a season where nobody played more basketball than he did between the regular NBA season winning the finals, and then going and winning a gold medal in the international basketball stage. And you let him hold you to zero points, and you're doing all of that talking? No, not okay. I'm going to steal a quote from one of the newest female members of Belly Up Sports. Her name is Shannon Walsh. And in our basketball chat this week, somebody called her out on the the Embiid-Simmons conversation and said, find a new slant. And she said, I don't need a new slant. She said, Simmons and or Embiid needs to be dumped like your high school boyfriend or girlfriend. Thank you. And that's kind of how I feel like they need to move on from one and just not look back. If it was me, I'm keeping Simmons and I'm shipping out Embiid. Simonimins. Simonimins. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
should be interesting in Philly, though, because they've already come out and said that they're not trading either of them, and then and they changed their front office. Right. So I'm interested to see how that actually ends up playing out. Well, that actually leads me to my next question there, Jade, is are they in a retool mode since they switched to uh, Mori, or are they still sticking to the path? So here's the thing with the Sixers. They like to think that they exited rebuilding mode at some point. They, they they like to think that the process was finished, but like it wasn't finished. You had one and two overall picks a season apart in Simmons and Embiid. Like you should be winning. You you should be you should at least be in the conversation at well, the top of the conference. Some other lottery picks that they had that go went in between Simmons and Embiid, Jaleel Okafor at two, and then they had Nerlens Noel at the fourth pick, right. I think it was. So they got five top prospects yeah. in four straight years, Yeah, and only two of them made a difference. Only two of them made a difference, and even then, that that's not – like, I don't care what Philly fans want to tell me. I've had Philly fans tell me online that the process was not about winning a championship. Well, then what the F was it about? And it's so dysfunctional that that's what – Philly fans are telling themselves just to have something to say that that was never the point of the process to like, are you seriously going to expect me to believe that? No, I don't believe that for a minute. We know that that was not the case. And to have that many top picks that close together and not have got it done. Like it was a failed process. And it just goes to show being a lottery team means nothing if your front office does not know what they are doing. Shay, I got to ask you the same question then, too, since we got a hard-hitting answer from the one and only Jade. Philly, retool mode, or are they just going to follow the same old path of failure? Okay, look, it depends on who I want to support in this, because if I'm Philly's front office, I'm going to go with Jade, right? Dump Embiid. Like, Simmons can be saved. But Embiid has no work ethic. You can't do anything about that. Like, if you don't have natural skill and you have no work ethic, I think that's the biggest difference between someone like Shaq. Like, Shaq is also lazy. But Shaq also was a huge player with just natural ability that, like, he could have probably been even better if he had had a better work ethic. But you can't teach work ethic. Like, if, if you don't have it, you don't have it. And Embiid doesn't have it. And I think that's what it, he's missing, is he has no drive. And yeah. a league that has so many players with drive. So, like, I don't know. I think, I even think Ben Simmons has more drive than Embiid. And I think Ben Simmons is, like, a little mouse in a corner. Like, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, whatever. But, so, if, if I was Philly, I'd get rid of Embiid. And hopefully, you know, his his whole conversation around him is still positive enough where you couldn't even get maybe two or three younger players with drive. I'm not Philly. I would beg for Ben Simmons and be like, no, give me Ben Simmons. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it depends on whose point of view you're looking through. It's such an interesting point to Embiid's lack 
of drive because like Embiid is obviously that guy that somebody said, Hey, you're really tall. You probably should play basketball. He does not yep. love basketball because you know, we'll go, we talked about it before, but that post he made when his dog died and him saying, I wish I had that energy for basketball. If you don't have it, if you don't have that, you will never get to your physical potential. That mental aspect of it is critical. And it's hard for me to understand because even me, like before we started recording today, I've had a really hard week. I was pretty tired. I debated over the idea of asking you guys to reschedule. And I was like, no, well, let's just, you know, get her done. And now that I'm talking about basketball, I feel great. I feel better. I have energy. And I'm not even a basketball player. I'm just <laughs> talking about basketball. So it's really hard for me to relate to his not being able to have drive for the game. Like, it kind of seems like maybe basketball wasn't the thing you should have picked to do with your life even though you're tall and you can hoop a bit. It reminds me of, I make fun of some of the NBA players. I don't make fun of some of them. I make fun of all of their tattoos because <laughs> some of them are really ridiculous and ugly. And I can't think of any specifically that, but like, if you ever watch a game with me, I'm constantly commenting on their tattoos. Well, I get that because they have all that money and they get these horrible ass tattoos. Like how are you getting those with all well, the money you have? And so I make fun of some of the players that have, like, Spalding basketball tattoos. <laughs> but that's how much they love the game. Is they're like, I love the game so much. I'm going to not just get, like, a basketball. I'm going to make sure it has, like, the Spalding label on it. And, you know, like, so many of them have basketball tattoos. But that's because this has been their dream for so long, even if it was realized later in life. Because Embiid, you know, became a basketball player later in life. You know, he does have a pretty inspirational story. Cool. But he still never jumped on the wagon the way that some of these players do, where they are sold out because they can't imagine doing anything else. And Bede's like, I'm here. I'm making money. Why isn't that enough? I think we did a solid breakdown of Philly. This is, yeah, I swear. Philly is our LeBron James when it comes to teams. We could just rip, rip on them the entire time. That's all the whole episode. On our frustrations with the <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers. But hey, my- I want to switch to a new part. So going with Daryl Morey, this is going to be some Houston news. So they finally get a new coach with Mavs old assistant, Stephen Silas, who is the son of Hall of Famer Paul Silas. Ooh. Jade, is it odd to have a brand new coach come into a veteran team like this? I don't know that it's odd is the word I would use. I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive, I would say. But I also think it's kind of the right move because most of the head coaches that are available right now or were available during the offseason, they've been head coaches for a while. And front offices should have an idea of what they're about. And I think because of that, the teams that have hired assistants, Indiana is another one, that have hired an assistant from a team to be their head coach. Sometimes you need new blood. And I think that's kind of the case for the Rockets, especially when you've got Harden and Russ there, presumably, assuming they end up staying. At least one of them I expect to stay in Houston through Mm -hmm. next season. 
I think if you're paying attention, you can kind of make an educated guess on the head coaches that were available. Um, a lot of them had already been signed, so I think that's part of it. But also, with the way Houston is currently constructed, I think it makes sense to have somebody who has not been a head coach, who is not set in their coaching ways, because Houston's a bit of a puzzle to figure out. <laughs> Personnel-wise, play-style-wise, like, without D'Antoni there, what they did this year, I don't see them trying to do it again. So, like, there's a lot of questions to be answered. And I feel like somebody that has never been a head coach before has a little bit of an advantage in figuring that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Again, because they don't have an established way of being a head coach. So I think figuring it out as they go along with a team that also needs to be figured out will actually work well together. I'm going to throw this to Shay then. Going off of what Jade was saying with a new coach, them staying with everything player-wise and stuff, do you actually see them doing a possible blow-up then to counteract what Jade had to say? So they definitely need to do something because, like Jade said, Dan Tony was the only one that was, I think, he was the only one that was capable of doing whatever he was trying to do. And now that he's gone, I don't know if we'll ever see the full layout of that plan come to fruition if there was a plan in place we don't really know um (laughs) but they are probably going to have to invest in a center because most teams have centers and they don't so I think bringing in a new coach is going to bring in a certain stability that comes with just the basics of basketball again and I can see that happening I mean I don't really know much of about this guy, his coaching style, all of that. Um, you are coming in again, presumably with two friends in Russ and what's his face. Uh, that's how I feel about him. I'm like, you know, that one guy. You don't <laughs> even want to exert the mental energy to come up with his name. I, I was like, that, that guy with the beard, you know what I mean? <laughs> that guy, like everyone knows him. Uh, but like if, if they were to stay together, you have to start bring, thinking about bringing in a center. Um, you got to start thinking about some of these like basic fundamentals that really, if you think about it, like Russ and James Harden are good at fundamental basketball. So I don't know why they were trying to do a small ball thing or whatever D'Antoni's form of small ball was going on, because you have two guys that like, again, talk about drive, talk about being sold out to the game. These are, these are guys who like, played when they were children like they they breathe basketball yeah like I I'm sure that they like just everything basketball everything and so that to me is a sign that there could be some stability coming in the Rockets and you know I was thinking about this and I don't even know if I want to go on record saying this but I'm going to go ahead and Okay, don't even do that little smirk. No one else can see that, but... <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. Thank you, Jade. Yeah, it was a little smirk. Okay, I I know I'm not, like, some professional or whatever, but I, I'm going to go on record saying it for all 10 of our listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, we have more than that. But, you know, people complained in the Rockets OKC series that Steven Adams didn't look good at OKC anymore. 
And there has been the debate in OKC circles and Rocket circles prior to Russ. There was a, little, a big switch in the, the Russ rhetoric from the Rockets once he got traded. But if Steven Adams was to go to the Rockets, I'm curious how that would work. Only because Russ and him together is one of the reasons that Russ got a quarter, no, more like 75%. Like, I'm going to give him that much. Steven Adams and his rebounds and the way that he, the watching them work together, they were, I was going to say Tom and Jerry. That's not correct because they chased each other and didn't like each other. But, like, you know, like Batman and Robin, you know what I mean? Like, Steven Adams created so many plays that Russ was able just, it was like they had telepathy. They never even like had to say anything. They just worked it out. So it, it has me wondering if you did bring in a, a center that um, has worked with one of these two players before, it, how it would work with the Rockets. You bring in that uh, new layer of stability, the back to the basketball, like golden, you know, rules, things you don't not do. Like, again, a center. I It still blows my mind that that's like a thing that they try to do. And... I could see it possibly working. And as an OKC fan, that's why I didn't want to go on record because I don't want to lose Steven Adams. Are you kidding me? But I don't know if he fits on our team quite the same anymore without Russ. When I was thinking about you saying that people said Steven Adams didn't look good in the Houston series, what center looks good when they don't have a center to match up against? Oh my gosh, right? Like, centers don't look good if there's not a big man to to bang with down low and to like you know to play against because a big man's always going to get beat by the little players that's just right. how it works so like if the conversation is really just centered around the Houston series I would almost like remove that series from the conversation and be like okay what else with Steven Adams before you look at trading him no, that is very true. I mean, I've just I've seen it on a lot of OKC stuff where people just weren't as happy with him this season. And again, it's like he's learning to play a whole new game with Russ being gone because he just like the playmaker there for Russ specifically. But you're right, like Steven Adams moved like a hand and he was hitting someone's arm and then he was fouled in the Houston game. So of course, like he's not gonna look good. He's like bigger, stronger faster all the things that Kanye West says in his song than like all of the Rockets team so it's like of course he's gonna like kill them on accident and not be guilty of anything so I don't know it's just it's an interesting thought I'm not saying I even want that to happen but (sighs) okay well I'm gonna do the Houston connection and we're going back to the coast of the eastern coast and we're going to the Brooklyn Nets because they just signed both Amari Stoudemire, and then also Rockets' old coach in D'Antoni. So, Jade, did Brooklyn sign D'Antoni because Steve Nash is a new coach and he's going to need someone to kind of give him a little bit uh, run through the game as a coach? I don't know that it's so much that they think Steve Nash is going to need the help as much as it's Listen, we've got KD, we've got Kyrie. Let's see if we can mitigate this with a coaching staff that they're going to have to respect. 
I think because Nash is a new head coach and he he hired Amari Stoudemire, who's also never coached. I think it's more a matter of, listen, there is someone on this staff that you should respect. He's been around. He's had, you know, a certain amount of success, even though he's never won. D'Antoni doesn't have any rings, right? No. Nope. So I think it's more of just a matter of, We've got these huge personalities. If history serves to predict the future a little bit, there's going to be some drama. Even though Katie and Kyrie are friends, I had this debate for a good chunk of my day yesterday with Parker from the FN Sports Podcast. And I cannot understate how much the drama of Katie and Kyrie has to be addressed. Even if they're great players, that has to be addressed. And I think it has a lot more to do with that than it has to do with Steve Nash. So it's the players, not the coaches. Shay, are you more excited to watch the players play? Or since of all the new coaching signings, would you rather watch just because of Steve Nash and like Amari Stoudemire being coach? It's pretty equal for me. I think all of it coming together is it feels almost like it's not real life. And I love that because, you know, I love a good um, experiment that I kind of want to fail, but at the same time, don't, if that makes sense. Like, it's not like, again, going back to the small ball thing, like it, that I'm like, that's not going to work. And it didn't really like, we got some interesting games. Sure. But this one, I'm like, if it if it goes down, it's going to go down in flames. But if it's successful, it's going to be so great. It's going to be brilliant. I love that. Yeah, I love great. that. Because either way, we got something to watch. I love that. I love drama. And there's going to be drama whether they're good and then all the other teams in the league are going to be, like, talking about them and they're going to be on everyone's mouths, like, all of that. And then... If they do bad, we're just going to get to see it implode. And maybe that's just me, again, being, like, a human person who loves, like, destruction. Um, also, I live really close, so if they're allowing people into the games, I am going to try to sneak in. Net security did not hear that. Um, but, like, I'm really stoked about this season. Like, the more things that come out of it, the more I'm excited. I'm not a Nets fan. But I'm going to watch and and follow what's going on. See, I wish I had taken a little bit more of a stance of Shay in that either way it's going to be good. Because I've been so adamant that Katie and Kyrie are not going to work. That if they do, I'm going to have like, I'm going to have some explaining to do. <laughs> but I think I'm okay with it because I don't think I'm wrong in the sense that it is something that they are going to have to overcome. Right. And that's really my point. It's not that I think it's automatically doomed to fail. It's that I think a lot of people who are automatically just saying, oh, yeah, title run next year. Like, first of all, Kevin Durant's coming off of an Achilles injury. You don't even know if he's ever going to be old Kevin Durant ever again. Some players never are. Even if he is, it's not going to be next season Players that have had Achilles injuries take an entire season to get back to form. That's just facts. That's how it works. So to say that you're sure they're going to be a title contender 2020, 
2021, like this coming season, I don't see it. But beyond that, even if they are healthy, if they are successful, it will be because they had to overcome the the stuff that KD and Kyrie bring with them. And it's kind of a point that um, basketball fans just don't seem to understand why I feel so strongly about it, but I do. So if they are successful, it's going to be because they somehow figured that out. Speaking of KD's Achilles injury, one thing that I learned yesterday is Kevin Durant's Achilles tear was on his non-dominant foot. Unlike other players, usually it's their dominant foot. The last player that tore their Achilles on their undominant foot was Dominique Wilkins. The next season he came back when he was healthy, he averaged almost 30 points a game. So not saying that's going to be the same situation, but there's been another great player who has torn right. the Achilles in his off leg, and he was still able to come back. And this is also high flyer, the human highlight reel in Neek. But No, that's definitely relevant information. Yes, that that's that was just my one fact. Like I said, I just figured that out the other day with it. So I kind of, just because of the talent that he is, I hope that Kevin Durant can bounce back. Now we're going to switch over to another big star who likes to talk with LeBron James. Oh. And um, he said how, essentially, that I'm not going to, if the game comes back on December 22nd, I'm sitting out the first month of the year. First season, for uh, the first month of the season, Jade, is he just being a big baby right now or has he got some valid points? You know what? I'm not even mad at him. Dude's 35 going on 36 years old. He just won a championship. The offseason is going to be stupid short if they start on December 22nd. I'm okay with it. And I think for once, it was a good call for him to voice what he wanted in advance because now the league can weigh that out instead of making all of these plans, assuming all the big names are going to play. Now at least they know, fine, if we start December 22nd, we don't have LeBron. And honestly, I don't think it's going to matter. I think that December 22nd start, we're still overlapping a bit with the end of the football season. It's going to be right during the playoffs, the end of the playoffs, because the Super Bowl is will be, what, January? Beginning of February. February beginning of February. So, like, football is, is still going to be dominant as far as what sports fans are watching. So if LeBron is not playing those games, I don't think that it matters really that much. So then, Shay, how does the league itself respond to these comments? Because the the league is kind of underneath LeBron James's thumb a lot of times. Right. So, what do they how, what do they do to respond to that? I mean, I I'm kind of like on the same just like wavelength as Jade too in this because I'm going I'm always going to respect anyone from any kind of like career path who stands up and says like that's not good for me because. I'm not a basketball player. I like walk to the refrigerator in my bed and that's about it nowadays. So <laughs> like, you know, I can't be like, oh, you have totally enough time. Like shut up LeBron James, you know, like he, he's a basketball player. They have a whole different kind of like setup than we do They're The amount of 
impact on their bodies, workout, you know, just dedication that goes into being a good player, even in off season, I can't relate. So of course, I'm always going to respect a leader and any kind of career path who stands up and says, that's not good for us, me, especially. That's fine. I do think that the league will take it into consideration because like you said, LeBron does have the league under his thumb. And my worry is again, because I look into all of this very closely because I love conspiracies. And if LeBron is not playing, if LeBron somehow says, you know, whatever, and that puts into it, how does that affect the way games are in China? Because China is really who has a lot of the money um, when it comes to, to games airing there. And I know that's one of the reasons that Mori was moved was so that games can start to to green over there again, because they are a huge, huge, huge market. So it would be interesting just to see all of those dynamics kind of play out just with what is going to happen with the next season, because they operated at a loss and they need to make money back. So in some ways, I'm like, yeah, having a Christmas Day game, that's going to get you good ratings. I mean, I don't know basketball fans that don't watch the basketball games because what else do you do on Christmas Day? You eat and you watch basketball. That is literally it. So I think all of that will be really interesting because there's a lot of dynamics at play there. And I, I love all the those like behind the scenes dynamics. So. so with league responding to big events, the league is trying to respond on where Toronto should relocate during the pandemic. Some rumors are Louisville, Kansas City, um, a dark horse is Seattle. Seattle getting a team is always like the New York Knicks getting a star player. Uh, There's always rumor around it, but nothing's ever going to come of it. Since this is your team, out of at least those two cities, or I mean, I guess if you want to throw in Seattle... Are those good ideas for places? I mean, yeah, I'll start with Seattle because I can't not give honorable mention to Seattle. I think that part of North America has been without a basketball team for much too long. Between Seattle losing their team, Vancouver's team moving, like... There's a market there for a team. Does it make sense for the Raptors to play there? Not even a little bit. Because the whole point is to try and mitigate the travel so you can't put the Atlantic Division team on the West Coast. That's just not going to work. I think wherever they end up is going to be good. I think both Louisville and Kentucky are good options because they are big basketball towns. Like, they're not quite as dominated by football as some of the other options might have been. Uh, I like that the Kansas City's mayor was, like, making a pitch to bring them there. Like, I like the enthusiasm. I think that's a good fit for the Raptors. And, you know, if the mayor's already on board, there must be at least some excitement from the, the citizens of the city. So I think that would be... That would be a fun fit. Shay, I want you to chime in on this too. Okay. Where do, where are you thinking with them? How do you like the ideas? I think both of those would be decent 
places to travel from. Uh, Kansas City is pretty central to all the teams. So, you know, you got OKC, all the Texas teams right there, you know, easy to get to. You're not too far from the California teams, uh, Colorado, all of that. Easy to get over to the East Coast. Um, And then same with like Louisville, you know, you got teams above you, below you, to the other side of you, you know, that thing. Um, I personally would probably say Kansas City just for the fact that there is kind of a built in sports team fan base, like you said, with the Chiefs, the Royals, like they're sports people. And like, I shouldn't totally not Kentucky. I've been to Kentucky a couple of times. I just know Kansas City better. And I know, like, that area of the country better. But, like, they like sports. Like, sports is – when I grew up in Oklahoma, like, sports was our thing. Like, we did it all seasons. Whatever sport was in season, we did it. Like, we cheered them on. We we watched it because we also didn't have cable. So, like, (laughs) that was all you got. And um, so I could see Kansas City being a really good fit for them. Um, I did think it was funny that the mayor was, like, already pitching – because that is, like, to me, such a Midwest thing um, to, like, no one asks you for a pitch. You're just going to go ahead and pitch it. It's kind of like this This recently happened in Tulsa where Tesla was trying to b- pick between Tulsa and Austin for a new, like, factory or whatever. And they didn't have to do this. But so in Tulsa, there's a huge, like, statue of a Tulsa driller. Like, you know, the oil driller. They painted Elon Musk's face on the driller, and it was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen. Beautiful. And I literally <laughs> still have nightmares about that. Like, that was their pitch, like, trying to get be like, Elon, like, pick our city. And he did not pick their city. So, like, they, I don't know if they washed it off. I don't know. But that's just such a Midwest thing where they were like, we're going to go ahead and do above and beyond to show that we are totally wanting you here. But I do think Kansas City would be a better pick uh, than Louisville. I I mean, I know Louisville is a basketball city. I just think sports-wise, Kansas City is the place. Anyways. Paging Adam Silver. (laughs) Yeah, hit up Adam Silver. I love him, but he looks kind of scary. Yeah, Um, he does. Looks like he could be a real good ghost. I think we've had a pretty solid breakdown on what I wanted us to get through today. And we'll go right into the fast break. Fast break today is sponsored by the one and only PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has a peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform that includes eSports, a company that leads in social wagering innovation. Join PropMe on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store today. Sign up and join the movement. Now, time for the good old fast break where I asked Shay and Jade three questions that they have no prior knowledge to that I came up with on my own. Okay, Shay, I'll start off with you. Ah. Who would you want to be the next coach on Steve Nash's team that he used to play with (gasps) Uh, as a coach? Oh, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, God. This is hard. Who did he play with? Now I got to think about the, old basketball. That's the thing. Like, that's a hard one because now we have to know, like, who he used to play with. Okay, so he played on Dallas. He played on Phoenix. And then he ended up with the Lakers for a split sec. Well, I know where he played. I just, like, don't remember all the players that he played with 
ever. Gosh. Um, okay. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, because, okay, okay. Amari Sotomayor, Joe Johnson. Ooh. Iso Joe before Iso Joe. There's some good names on this list. Thank you, Real right. GM, for saving our butts live while we're recording. That's where my, I got my list from anyways. Hey, I thought it was a good idea. Good question. <laughs> no, it is a good question because now I'm like, whoo. Because he had some great players around him. I know I know who mine is. <gasps> okay, Jade, who's Fine. yours? Mine is Grant Hill. Ooh. Ooh. Good choice. It's an easy choice. Grant Hill was one of those almost superstars, but for that ankle injury, like we did not get to see everything Grant Hill had. He's a brilliant basketball player. He's such a cool dude. And he's the kind of guy that like players are just going to instantly appreciate, I think, in terms of, of believing in, buying in, listening to what he has to say. I think I, I'm honestly surprised that he's not coaching already somewhere. Shay, how about you? I like the pick, by the way, Jade. I like that one. No, that is really good. Okay, so hear me out. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did Nash play, like, I know his, you know, last little stint with the Lakers, he played with Dwight Howard, right? Yeah. So Dwight Howard has, like, how many more seats do you think? One, two tops. I know, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I'm like, imagine this. He retires and then goes and plays. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they got along that well. Also, Jay Howard's a bit of a bonehead. I mean, he's overcome some of that this last season with the Lakers, but I don't know if he's the guy I want coaching. Okay, I'm not saying that he's going to be a good coach. I'm just saying he's okay. He's an assistant coach. Jade, come on. The word assistant. My bad. My bad. I'm just trying to think of, like, someone who would get along with those two guys that we're worried about. Mm Hmm. See, and, like, my worry with Steve Nash is that he's going to be too nice and that those two guys are going to run over him, which is why I kind of like Dan Tony there because Dan Tony's probably just going to roll his eyes and be like, what are you doing? Well, I think the personality of Nash is similar to Steve Kerr. And Nash worked right. with Steve Kerr. That's true. In, in, out of, as the Warriors, so. Ooh, my honorable mention, Vince Carter. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh. That's you cut good. deep into those lineups. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. One of pretty sure Vince has played on thirty-eight teams in the <laughs> NBA. Right. I I want every team that he's played for to retire his number. Uh, I don't even want the Raptors to retire his number. You don't? Oh, there's a reason. I've been by like that's a I've been a Vince Carter fan since day one that I watched the NBA. He was one of the people that got me in the. It's not that I'm not a fan, but he has been playing games with Toronto fans' hearts ever since he left and making it sound like the only reason he hasn't come back is because the organization doesn't want him. And that has never been true. That sounds like Garnett right there. So, see, do you see what? If they don't retire his jersey, I'm okay with it. I think they probably will, but it wouldn't bother me if they didn't. Okay. That's fair. I, I now I know what the situation. I can see it, so I get where you're coming from. So next question. Yeah, LeBron is coming up with his own movie, and now Giannis has his own movie coming up that's about his life. Jade, is this going to be a funny movie or is this going to be a tearjerker of a? Movie? It, it can't 
can't not be a tearjerker. Like, I don't see any way to do Giannis's story without it being like the one that gives you all the feels. And if it doesn't, I feel like they did it wrong. <laughs> Disney gone effed up. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some fun moments because by all evidence that they have a, a, a cool family, like yeah. tight, they're tight with their brothers. I'm sure he's had hilarious things happen with his brothers that will make it into the movie. But I think, you know, those kinds of true to life stories, do we love them if they don't make us want to cry? Right. Like, why do you watch them? Right. So then, Shay, I'll ask you, are we going to get some ha-has or boo-hoo? If done right, it's a tearjerker. If done wrong, it's a really bad, like, Lifetime movie. (laughs) And that's what I'm fearful of right now. Just because, like, you know, there's not a lot of actors, I think, that can do his accent without it sounding like it's ridiculous. And that's my biggest fear. His accent is hard because it is a mashup between exactly African accent from his native language and then the Greek accent, which those accents are hard to begin with, but then you're going to like mush them together. That's exactly. an excellent. And then trying to speak a third language with English too. Right. For F6, if they just hire some British person, I'm going to be so annoyed. That is like my biggest yes. pet peeve in movies. Like one of my all time favorite movies is ever after with Drew Barrymore. It's set in France, and everybody has a British accent. Why? Drew Barrymore doesn't have a British accent. Why couldn't she have faked a French accent instead of a British one for that movie? Sorry, it's a little bit of a rant. It's it, I watch a lot of period movies and movies based on British literature and, like, classic novels. So it's like, do you all just think we're never going to notice that you if, if it's not American, you think British is just, like, a blanket accent for right. everything? They do that, though. Like, even in some oh, of the movies that are, like, set in, like, the 1900s in, like, New York, it's, like, a British accent. Or I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I don't think anybody had a British accent. Bringing it back to basketball. So, is would Miami be a hot spot if they wouldn't have made it to the finals this year, Jade? If they wouldn't have made it to the finals. It depends on where they did make it. Because just making it to the playoffs and then through the first round, even if they'd have gone out, I think, in the first round or second round, they're still obviously a team that's, like, one piece away. And they're Miami. Like, you get to live in Miami. So I feel like as long as the, as Miami is even, even if they were, like, a ninth, tenth place on their way up, Miami's always going to be an appealing place to go. Shay, we'll wrap it up with you with the fast break. Miami didn't make it to the finals. Would it have been a hot spot or no? I w- I'm going to say yes, also because they just had, like, a better, like, organization. I mean, because it, it's something that we've talked about before about why the Knicks are even in conversation is because of their location. And that's kind of like with Miami. But Miami actually has potential because you are Miami and you're not – what's his face? I see his face in my head. James Dolan. Yeah. What is with my Jameses today? They just didn't want to come to my head. But, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about Miami. And then, like, knowing that even if they hadn't have made it to the playoffs, like, knowing that Jimmy Butler's there, knowing that they have some young talent, I think that, you know, that, to me, is, is still uh, more attractive than some of the other places. 
Um, plus you get Miami Beach. It's fun. So yeah. We've hit up those three questions. We got everything chatted about. It's it's Halloween today. Do you guys before we end off, I gotta ask, you guys got any Halloween plans, Shay? I'm gonna eat candy and I'm gonna watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, okay. Classic, classic. Yeah. Uh, Jade, what about you? Got anything planned for Halloween? I will be recording another podcast in a little bit. Okay, so had some laughs, tried to keep on the rails, but like always, it's a roller coaster of a ride. But just like Oladipo's time in Indiana, we out.